glad to be back with you, um, fresh off of a flight back over the ocean uh, from serving with our partner, TCMI, in uh, Austria. Um, I, I want you to know just from the bottom of my heart that um, over the last two weeks, um, I very much have been praying for you and for our Lebanon Christian Church family, uh, been grieving alongside you uh, because of the difficulties we've experienced over the last couple of weeks, really over the last couple of months. Uh, I reached out to Patrick Rieke, uh, who was the main speaker for our CARE conference in the fall of 2019. Uh, Patrick oversees chaplaincy and volunteer services for Parkview Health uh, in Fort Wayne. It's a pretty large hospital system uh, north of us. Uh, Patrick has written two books on helping people who are grieving, uh, how to help them in tangible ways, uh, what to say to people who are sick, uh, dying, and grieving. And he and his wife have co-authored a book on infant loss called No Matter How Small. And so Patrick understands grief. He understands what it's like to journey through grief as a disciple of Jesus and how God can do great work even in grief. And so I reached out to him, and he'll be here next Sunday, uh, October 24th, during both of our worship experiences. And he and I will just be on the platform together and have a small conversation about grief. Uh, and, and we want your questions to help fuel that conversation. And so if you have questions that you're asking as a disciple of Jesus or as someone who's curious about faith as it relates to grief, you can email those to me, craig org. or tomorrow you'll start seeing some stuff show up on our social media uh, with a link to how you can ask your questions. If, if you're not a digital person, then you can take a scrap piece of paper and write a question on it even this morning or, or come up after our worship experience to fill out a connection card and write your question on there and put it in the offering box. And we'll field all those questions and then uh, tackle as many of them as we can uh, next Sunday. Um, as, as I was processing through things, I was thinking about grief and how God might use it similar to how he uses our spiritual disciplines to cultivate uh, the heart of Jesus in us. And so I'm hopeful that through our dialogue with, with Patrick, he'll help you where you're at, um, whether it's in a current season of grief or an upcoming season we're unaware of or maybe a past death that continues to just, just cause you difficulty and hardship. So that's next week uh, during both our worship experiences. I know some of you are going to be on fall break, and so make an appointment to, to tune in 9 o'clock next week for our live stream or catch it later because um, we want to make sure that we all are able to grow in the midst of, of just a reality in life, which is, is death and grief and loss and the things that come with that. Uh, today is our quarterly celebration. We're trying something new this year where instead of just celebrating at the beginning of the year what happened in the year prior, let's just celebrate what God is doing uh, throughout the year. And so today we're going to be celebrating generosity. And to kind of lead into that idea, I want to take you back uh, to where I was sitting last Sunday morning. Um, exactly this time last Sunday, I was actually doing dishes and cleaning up lunch from feeding 70 people. Uh, but if it was you know, this time on our Sunday morning, uh, I was worshiping with believers from the United States Ukraine, Moldova, Estonia, and the Czech Republic. 70 plus people had gathered at a location in Eastern Austria that we call House Edelweiss through our partner TCMI. Um, they make disciples throughout Eastern Europe and Central Asia, and they were hosting a prayer retreat. 
Uh, as a part of that prayer retreat, we worshiped together on Sunday morning. And uh, I don't know how to articulate it to you, but there are times, and you've probably experienced them here, where like, worship can be just deeply emotional. And for me, last Sunday morning was deeply emotional. I cried as I sang the songs. I cried as I listened to the message. Why was it so moving to me? The, the, main, the main passage that the pastor, who is also uh, Kurt, our Care and Connections minister here, and myself, our current professor for our final grad class, uh, he had brought students from Estonia he, he preached on Psalm 23, but he chose just to concentrate on verse 4, uh, those famous words, even though I walk through the darkest valley, or maybe as you recall it, the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And he just spent the next 45 minutes emphasizing those words, you are with me. We sang good, good father. We sang reckless love. And he just kept reminding us that God is with us. And it just washed over me in a different way that morning. Uh, I sat there carrying the weight of what many of you are carrying, uh, two months of losing and saying goodbye to people in unexpected ways that we hadn't anticipated. And I felt like the valley of the shadow of death was just, just, just real um, in ways that I haven't experienced in a long time. And, and Mago, the professor, the pastor from Estonia, just kept reminding us that God is with us. You are with me. I, I, I was moved uh, in part because as he said, you are with me. For the first time, I looked at those words in Psalm 23 and I saw them as an incredible summation of the gospel message uh, of the story of God. If you rewind to the beginning of the story of humanity, we have God creating humankind and then dwelling with them in the midst of the garden. He is with us. You are with me. And then even when Adam and Eve stumble and fall in sin and they rebel against God and there's division and they're kicked out of the Garden of Eden and in God's presence, what do we see immediately is that God is working to be with his people. Whether it's rescuing Noah through the flood or it's calling Abram from Ur of the Chaldeans or it's calling Moses out of the desert, he's reminding them again and again that I am with you. I am your God, I care about you. When Joshua was called to fill in the, the sandals of Moses, like who can fill in his sandals, right? He reminds them, never will I leave you or forsake you. I am with you. Uh, even in the promises given to the prophets and the prophecies that look ahead to Jesus, at the heart of those is the promise, you are with me. God wants to be with his people and when you look at Jesus, God in the flesh, the story of the incarnation where, where God would zip himself up in human flesh is the story of God being with us. In fact, what's one of the names we have for Jesus? Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
And then Jesus lives among humanity. And when Jesus dies and raises again to life, victory over death, he tells his disciples, surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. The story of God is the story of his pursuit to be with his people. You are with me. And even as Jesus ascends into heaven, he makes the promise of his spirit. And the spirit comes, God comes to live inside those who trust and follow Jesus in faith. He is with us. And he is with us and in us and works in us to bring his presence to other people. And what's the story we see of the early believers and even the story of the church from the beginning is that, that God lives in the church both as individuals but even more corporately as the whole body of Christ. And he brings through us his joy, his peace, his patience, his goodness, his kindness, his gentleness, his faithfulness, his self-control. And he makes manifest the, the beauty of the kingdom of God and the richness of God's love to other people. He is is with us, and as he is with us, we are with others, and he is with them, for you are with me. And we look forward to the end of the story that John has given this abstract picture of in Revelation, and what do we see? We, we see a new heaven and a new earth, and we see God dwelling in the fullness of his presence with his people. He is with them for you are with me. And as I listened to Mago preach and as I wrote these notes that I just shared with you on the page of my tablet, I was just overwhelmed with the reminder of God's love and his presence with me. If we're going to celebrate, celebrate generosity, any celebration of generosity begins with God, the first and most generous giver. Being generous has to do with being liberal. It has to do with sacrifice. And the story of God and the story of humankind is that he loves us so much that he does everything to be with us. That is his generosity on full display. And so as I sat in that basement room worshiping with believers from all over the world, literally multiple tongues from multiple nations, I was reminded of the generosity of God that he is with me. No one forces his hand, but he chooses to be. And because he is with me, the more I cling to the reality of who he is, the more I let go of the things of this world. And I'm able to live more generously as well. It was moving to me. It was moving for another reason, though. It wasn't just my experience. It was the experience of others around me. I mentioned believers from the United States, Ukraine, Moldova, Estonia, and the Czech Republic. Of the 70-plus gathered there, more than half of them were from the country of Estonia. Chances are that virtually uh, the majority of people in this room could not even find Estonia on a map right now. It's one of those countries in the north of Europe alongside Finland and Sweden and Norway. They are countries that are much further down the road of a post-Christian society than the United States of America. If you study their history, the things that we are dealing with now, they dealt with years ago. And their society is far more secular than our society even is, as hard as that is to believe. And yet at this prayer retreat, 
there were 30 plus men and women between the ages of 14 and 30 years old, the average age being 22 or 23. All of them with this incredible fire and hunger for God. All of them engaged in cell groups in a church called 3D Church in Tallinn, Estonia. These groups of three or four disciples who are striving to, to not only grow as disciples of Jesus, but start other cell groups and make disciples of Jesus. As a church over the last decade has grown by the thousands, primarily among 20 to 30 year olds. The very audience that right now in the United States of America, we are told again and again, doesn't want to have anything to do with following Jesus. I don't agree with that statement. I think there's a picture of Jesus they've come to see that they don't like. But we're seeing a movement in Europe, in Estonia, of believers in a post-Christian secular society who are on fire for King Jesus. And as you hear their stories, a young woman stood on the platform and she shared how she got invited by a friend to a 3D worship experience. And how when she got there, she heard about God for the very first time. She went home and that night she began seeing evil spirits and she was haunted. And she looked at, she, she sought out people from that church that had invited her and they began to pray for her. And over the course of several months, prayer and faith and decision to follow Jesus, she was delivered from seeing those evil spirits. And here she is, 20, 21 years old sharing vulnerability how God had changed her life and come near and was with her. And how that was a catalyst for her to expend her life now helping other people encounter him. Heard the story of a 30-year-old who'd been imprisoned for 10 years for a terrible crime as he described it. And in the prison, he was taught how God was with him and how he was using his life to help others experience him, experience God through his life. We heard the story of a young man from the United States of America who shared his testimony and how uh, this week he celebrated five years of sobriety. Five years ago, he found himself uh, sitting on the couch of a disciple of Jesus who invited him into his home and he withdrew for five days from a drinking binge that had culminated years of drunkenness and drug abuse. And after five days on that couch, that disciple of Jesus helped him get enrolled with Wheeler Mission, who sent him to a camp outside of Bloomington, Indiana, where he met Jesus and came to follow him. And now five years later is continuing to be sober and making a difference for King Jesus all over the world. And it was all because he recognized that God was with him and the generous, amazing love of God then catapulted him to want to expend his life on behalf of that mission. I share that with you because that was not just my experience, but that's the experience in the kingdom of God. And any talk about generosity has to begin with, if we're going to be generous with our lives, if we're going to let go of the things of this world, our money, our time, our talents, our treasures, it's gonna be because we cling to him. The more we hold on to him, the, the less we hold on to the things of this world. And our generosity is fueled by his generous love. And so as we celebrate generosity in and through Lebanon Christian Church, it's only because of God's generous love towards us that then fuels our generosity to other people. Uh, what you'll hear over the coming moments are just a few stories of how God has been generous in and through the people of Lebanon Christian Church and through some of our strategic partners. And when we've been doing these quarterly celebrations, we try to invite 
a couple of our uh, global partners to share with you how God is not only using our support of them, uh, but how he's working through them uh, in our world. Uh, I'll share more later about financial details, but um, some of you may like to know or may like to be reminded that 20% of every dollar that gets given to Lebanon Christian Church, so 20 cents of every dollar gets invested beyond these walls in strategic partners who are doing great things for the kingdom. Uh, we have a number of monthly partners, but two of those are Life Centers and Eric and Kate Pitts in Turkana, Kenya. And so today we're gonna hear from both of those. First, we'll hear in person uh, from Tom Shevlot, who's with Life Centers. And then we'll see a video uh, filmed in Turkana just this week uh, from Eric and Kate celebrating how God's using your support and how God's even working through their people in generous ways to make a difference uh, in our world. Um, Tom Shevlot's gonna share in just a moment and we'll welcome him to the stage. But Life Centers is a ministry in our area uh, that works with people who are making pregnancy-related decisions and they do so with great compassion. Uh, they help them understand the word of God and they're seeing transformation in their lives, all for the glory of God. And so would you please welcome with me Tom Shevlot to share. Good morning, Pastor Craig. Thank you very much. That was pretty incredible. I um, just want to take a moment and thank you guys and, and uh, appreciate being able to be here, uh, seeing you guys live, but also those who are watching at home probably with coffee with their feet up on the ottoman. Um, but that's good. At least they're watching. So I want to uh, tie, I'm just going to tie a little bit into what the pastor was talking about with respect to generosity. And it's something that when I have an opportunity to speak to congregations or even when I'm meeting with donors individually, I talk about the parable of talents. And scripture talks about the parable of talents. It's a great story. It's one of my favorite parables. But it's the abilities, the skills, and the talents that we have as Christians. And I'm going to talk about the talents because talents isn't necessarily a skill in basketball or the talent to be able to do gymnastics. It's the talents of our goods. And it's the talents that God has blessed us with. And so uh, I'll get into that in a second, but I want to talk a little bit about the history of Life Centers for those of you who may or may not know much about Life Centers. We started in 1982 as a call center, someone that calls the 1-800 number that's finding themselves in a challenging position. But over the years, we've grown. We've grown outside of Indianapolis, and so we consider ourselves in the greater Indianapolis area. So we have a center here in Lebanon, and we've had a center here in Lebanon for decades. And uh, we also have one in Noblesville, Hamilton County, and then we have four in greater Indianapolis area. So out of those six centers, and I'm going to go back pre-COVID because COVID kind of messed things up for a lot of us. But uh, at the end of 2019, we saw over 8,700, 8,700 mothers and their children that came into any one of our six centers. They come in for pregnancy tests. They come in for sometimes maternity goods, which is diapers and 
wipes, formula, things of that nature. They come in for ultrasounds. Or they come in for just an opportunity to be able to reconnect with their peer counselor that they saw three or four months ago as a way of just calibrating how are you doing, which is great. I'll also tell you that tells me how efficient, but also how effective our ministry is. 50% of our clients that come in for the first time came in because somebody referred her to us. And let me tell you how important that is. Prior to me coming to Life Centers, I spent 20 plus years in the private sector in working for AT&T Mobility. So I was in charge of a lot of their wireless divisions and states. If someone told me 50% of the customers that were coming into our stores came in as a referral, I wouldn't even need to advertise. So that tells me that when someone comes into our center, they feel safe, they feel appreciated. I appreciate the, uh, the compassion comment that you made, Pastor, because that is at the essence of who we are because Christ showed compassion. So, talked about the stats, 8,700. So let me tell you a little bit about the effectiveness of Life Centers as a result of your generosity. I shared with Pastor briefly how the church that I attend in Indianapolis, I've become very good friends with our pastor, and early on when I was at Life Centers, I'd sit there every Sunday, I'd see the collection plate go around, but I never heard how is this church reinvesting in their talents into community ministry partners? So I told him one day when we were having lunch, I said, you know, you ought to talk about this because I'm sitting there. I'd like to hear and know what's the church doing with the tithes and offerings as a way of being able to grow the ministry. Two Sundays later, I'm up in front of the congregation speaking about that. So he just kind of pitched it off to me which is fine. I have no problem with that. So I appreciate this opportunity to be able to speak with each of you. It's good to see a couple people that I know, one of which serves in the Lebanon uh, center that we have up here. But let me tell you a quick story about how this church and other churches are making an impact in our community. Client comes in to the Lebanon center and she comes in for a pregnancy test. And she's scared. She has no home life. Her relationship with the potential father is not good, which is common in what we see. And she's lonely and she feels hopeless. That peer counselor goes through the pregnancy test and then talks with her about her options and lets her know, we're here for you. Sets an appointment up to do an ultrasound. Now, when you do that, oftentimes we don't know what the outcome is because a lot of this is confidential or sometimes they don't show up. So we do our ultrasounds down in Indianapolis. So this client advocate or peer counselor has been praying for this client, having no idea what happened. Year and a half later, year and a half later, that client walks into the center downtown or uh, at the west side on 30th and Georgetown and walks into the uh, reception area holding a baby. Tells the lady at the front counter, hey, my name is such and such. 
I came to your center up in Boone County, or Hendricks, or Boone County, yeah, and I was unsure of what to do. But I felt prayed over. I have no idea where this feeling came over, but I felt comfort. I felt loved. And I want to let you know, when I introduce you to my baby, as a result of you taking the time and showing the compassion that I can get through this. That's, a, that's an incredible story. Year and a half later, we had no idea. So on behalf of Life Centers and behalf of our churches, and particularly this church, has been a strong partner of ours, we appreciate it. And just know that your investment and your talents into Life Centers is making a difference for the kingdom. So again, thank you very much. I appreciate your time, and Pastor, appreciate the opportunity to share with your congregation. Thank you. Hi, we're the Pitts family. I'm Eric. And I'm Kate. And we live and we work in Turkana County, Kenya. We're a family of five. Our kids' names are Desmond, Melody, and Flora. And we've been connected with Lebanon Christian Church since, as far as I can remember, um, since my grandfather was the pastor of the church. And also, we've been connected with you guys as partners since before our ministry started in 2016. Yeah. And where we work is... Um, a desert region. So Turkana is the northwest desert region of Kenya, and in the desert, you really have to rely on one another to get by. And even though Turkana County has the highest poverty rate in the entire country of Kenya, um, the people, despite those challenges, um, have such a spirit of generosity. In everyday life, that generosity often looks like hospitality. It looks like, like it looks like. Um, taking care of each other's children. And I mean like extreme hospitality in that if you live near a school and your relative lives far from a school and they have kids that need an education, they can send those kids to you and you would take them in, no questions asked. You know, you would house them, you would feed them and clothe them and, and make sure they get to school each day, raise them as your own. And that is so common. We know so many people who do that and raise each other's children. Generosity is just part of the culture. It's part of life. Yeah, and, and you know, there's still at those times, and, and we face them too, uh, where we, you know, we need something a little bit different than just everyday generosity. We need something bigger. Mm -hmm. And for us, we use lately has been GoFundMe. You know, someone has some une unexpected uh, expenses come up, they start a GoFundMe page, mm -hmm. and they ask their friends and family, well, Kenya's had something like that for a long time, and mm -hmm. even Turkana County, it's constant. We get invited to Harambe's for things such as opening a business, uh, for funeral expenses, and um, even for weddings. And some of the bigger ones are like opening church buildings. Mm -hmm. So th the church building ones is wh are when you see a lot of people, you know, it takes a lot of time, sometimes three months. Mm -hmm. And they, they send out these little cards, they put their, their money in that, that people have raised, and then they all come together as a celebration mm -hmm. to say, hey, look, we've done this together through the generosity of our friends. Mm -hmm. There's usually a lot of singing, dancing, and sometimes a meal. Yeah. Um, so it is a lot of fun to see that kind of generosity. I remember being completely blown away about it uh, when I went to my first one. It was just constantly people coming up saying, I'm giving this much money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's just a lot of fun to see um, to see that you know here in a place like Caitlin said it's really a, a harsh environment um, and there are a lot of troubles to face 
but when the, when a new trouble comes up, they all just come together, which is what Harambe means, let's all pull together. One of the big uh, moments when we witnessed firsthand this pulling together to meet an urgent need was during, um, there, in 2017, there was a really severe drought and everyone in the county was really feeling the effects, um, especially in our village, it was very dry and the people, they were losing goats, the water, the wells were drying up even, and <clears throat> everyone was feeling it. But one family had their house catch on fire and sadly it burned to the ground and they lost everything. And that very same week though, their community, they, they pulled together. Each family decided to bring something. Everyone had something they could bring. And even though they needed those things, they gladly gave it. So they brought things like water jugs, cooking pots, blankets, and clothes so that they had a start to start rebuilding their home and their life. And while they were rebuilding, they had a place to stay. They had people caring for them. No questions asked. Yeah, and we just want to say thank you guys so much, Lebanon Christian Church, for your prayers and your support for us, for helping us be able to be generous and have those relationships. Because of your support, because of your gifts and your prayers, we have seen new villages reached. By Caitlin was able to go to many villages this year. I was able to, you know, meet with my one-on-one -on -one disciple makers. New generations of Bible studies are starting. People are hearing about Jesus for the first time, and it's all because of your generosity. So we just want to say thank you all so much for your prayers and for your support, and we hope you guys have a great week. Thanks. Okay, bye guys. Obviously, those are just two stories, um, local and uh, across the Atlantic Ocean, but they represent uh, many more stories. Uh, as I shared a few moments ago, 20% of every dollar given to Lebanon Christian Church, so 20 cents of every dollar gets invested beyond the good work that's happening here, which is essential. Uh, that gets invested in monthly support to some partners like Life Centers and Eric and Kate Pitts, others that you've already heard from this year, um, like Fame and TCM, who I just served with, Austin and Amanda Gagno in uh, the uh, country of Ghana. We had the Isleys from the Ivory Coast. Uh, we support international disaster emergency services on a monthly basis. Love in the Name of Christ, or Love, Inc., as it's called here in our area. Those are all partners that we have that are doing great kingdom work that we invest in. So far to date, at Lebanon Christian Church, just over $819,000 has been contributed to Lebanon Christian Church. And so we know that right off the top, 20% of that will be reinvested elsewhere. Not all of it's been invested yet, um, but it's set aside, but to date, um, about $125,000 has been given to our monthly partners, partners like Life Centers and partners like Eric and Kate in Turkana, Kenya. Uh, but beyond those monthly gifts, even another almost just short of $18,000 has been given in one-time gifts. Uh, for example, our mission in Haiti, Haitian Christian Outreach, um, they needed to get solar panels on their building to be able to stay functional throughout the year, not be dependent upon uh, oil, which is 
so hard to come by. It's always a negotiation thing in Haiti as their country struggles and their economy struggles. And so we helped fund nearly half of the roof for that hospital so the solar panels could come in. That was a special one-time gift above and beyond our monthly support this year. Uh, We've been able to support Eric and Kate, who you just saw, but also Ian and Kristen Isley, and they're doing some special disciple-making initiatives where they're raising up new leaders and equipping them. And so you're a part of making disciples around the world. Uh, Additionally, Eric and Kate had some troubles with their vehicle, which is pretty important when you live out in the middle of nowhere, and we were able to help pay for some of those repairs. Beyond those monthly partners, though, there are other organizations in Lebanon and Boone County that are doing great things. They're not our official partners, but we believe in the work they're doing. Places like Shalom House and the Isaiah 117 house that's being built. Uh, The Cabin, uh, a local counseling center that can provide faith-based counseling for people and help them. Uh, We've supported nearly $15,000 worth of support beyond what I've already mentioned, to help fund adventure therapy and counseling scholarships at the cabin. Uh, Another close to $5,000 has gone to Isaiah 117 to buy their washer and dryer for their new house and some other uh, needs that they have. Uh, We funded a week's worth of meals with Shalom this summer in their uh, lunch program for kids, and we've funded meals for some of winter break uh, for kids coming up on winter break. I share all that so that you know that you're part of a generous church. And we don't do that if you're new to Lebanon Christian Church. If you're watching online for the first time, it's not to pat ourselves on the back. We really want to celebrate because what a God has done for us, because God is with us, we want to be with others and make a difference in their lives. And so you are a part of that. That's a story of generosity coming from Lebanon Christian Church. But even beyond that, another $25,000 has been invested in students studying for ministry at Christian colleges. Beyond that, another $5,000 has been given through our benevolence ministry to people in need. God is doing incredible things through your generosity, and we need to celebrate that. God is faithful and he is good and you guys are being faithful and good. But that's just talking about money. Generosity goes far beyond the the, the currency that we give or the Venmo transactions that we make. Generosity is about people using their abilities. There are story after story in this room right now of men and women who have provided meals to people who are going through life transitions that are difficult, whether that be tragedy and death and disease or even something like the birth of a child. Many of you in this room have supplied meals to people in need. There are children that belong to some of your households who have set up lemonade stands and donated those proceeds to the Isaiah 117 house. We have made dresses for children in Haiti and in Ghana. We have packed meals by the thousands for people in Haiti just in the last month and a half. Uh, Right now, many of you are filling shoeboxes for people that will go all over the world because they matter. And if you haven't yet, there are more shoeboxes down in the hub. Uh, We have people in this church who have purchased vehicles and repaired them and given them to people in need, uh, all at their own expense. Story after story after story of people who have recognized and experienced God's nearness to them, and out of a response, they let go of the things of this world, and they cling to him, and they live generously, and God impacts lives through them. 
I cannot tell you how much of a joy it is to be a part of a generous church like Lebanon Christian Church. And so we celebrate that. I celebrate that alongside of you. Now, does that mean we fully arrived? Does that mean that we've got it all figured out? Does that mean that we're perfect? Does that mean that we can't be more generous? No. And hopefully the stories that you've heard today and the things that you've seen that are part of Lebanon Christian Church continue to inspire you as you encounter our amazing God to let go of the things of this world, invest them in his mission as you cling to him. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your generous love. God, when we look at the story that you've been authoring since the beginning, there's overwhelming evidence of your incredible and perfect generosity. God, as we encounter that and experience that and receive that, God, may that be just uh, internalized and come to life and come out of us as we are generous with others, with our time, with our talents, with our energy, with our resources, financially and otherwise. God, thank you for blessing our church. And God, may we faithfully continue to be a blessing to our community and to our world on mission with you and your one mission in this world to see your glory and your fame and your honor and your perfect way extend to the furthest reaches of the earth. We love you, Lord, and it's in your name we pray and give thanks. In the name of Jesus, amen.